0: Hey everyone, how are you? So you know, every week when I have a guest, I'm always so excited, and that's how I always start my episode. I'm so excited, but this is not any different because this was one of my actual beginning Clubhouse. You guys know that usually every week I would say either a Medium Clubhouse or LinkedIn or you know word of mouth or whatever how I uh, find my guest. But this time it actually is an old Clubhouse from like the back in the day and patrice Pulzer and i have been trying to do this for uh a a year (laughs) like a long time an embarrassingly long time yes (laughs) so welcome to your next stop i'm so excited to have you share your story because it is a fun one and i've been loving just following your journey you're so real on social media i mean that's one of the things that i actually really connected with you because you are so real like it's it's you see what it is it's not that you're like throwing fluff out there it's like this is the kind of day i'm having and i'm letting you guys know it and that's so similar to who I am, so that's what I I, I loved um, connecting with you. So welcome to your Thank next you. Thank you. My husband probably wishes I was a little
1: bit less real on social media. He'll like, he's like, did you just say
0: that on social media? He's like, <laughs> I, I, was, I didn't even tell. I do not tell my family. I was like, oh, sorry. Like, <laughs> no, it's so funny because that's how my family is too. My kids or my husband will be like. Okay, thanks, Mom. Thanks for throwing that out there. But it is sometimes we have to be, you know. I mean, it really, especially in the space that we are in, it's really important to show both sides because it's not real when everything is just like you know daisies and wonderful. Because that's not how I live my life, and it would be really hard to actually portray that on social media. So I, that's what your realness is just something connect, you know, that really connected. Um, yeah, no, for sure. And
1: actually, for a while, I tried. You know, I, I haven't been using Instagram that long. For business. Like, it, it, that's a, it's sort of a new shift for me. Only in the past, I'd say 18 months. And before, in the beginning, you know, you're, they're always like, you know, 80 20 and all these weird, you know, pie chart rules <laughs> of, you know, the exact amount of algorithm that you should have your personal versus your professional. And I used to try to hide, hide that. And I'm like, I am in a New York apartment. With like small children at the time people were like learning in every corner i'm just like this is ridiculous i can't it, it was harder to hide it so i i just kind of i was like i'm not hiding it so yeah anyway no. i just get off track
0: there no and i but i told but that's one of the things that i loved because you remind me because i when i had my children i'm not in the city anymore but i had three small children and dogs in you know new york city apartments and so i totally get it i mean it's it's one of those things it's just a different way of living and you show it really well because you show the the wonderfulness of it but then also when it becomes a shit show it's like hey it's like
1: we live in an apartment in New York City we don't have dogs I feel like oh you're a different level of crazy because (laughs) I was like even like there are no animals in this house so you know but yeah it's New York living it's like you have to kind of understand it to understand the appeal of like why people stay here and there are lots of harder elements but it's like the upside is
0: just, it's just the best. So yeah, it it really is. I mean, and I am not there anymore, but there was a time where it was, we became a a part of our family where it was, we had two dogs and it just was like, you know what, this is (laughs) I, I, what I always said is when I was leaving the city, it was, um, I just, I was sweat all the time. Like in oh yeah, always, every, sweating. <laughs> always, always, sweating. always <laughs> sweating. So that was the one thing I said when they're like, "What are you gonna not miss?" And I was like, "I'm always sweating, and I'm like a sweater, and I like so a sweater. yes." That's so funny. I was always sweating in the winter. It didn't matter. I was always like ripping clothes off and then putting them back on. I have a window open right now. And
1: it's office. I mean, it's just, I and mean, I'm sure you're going to hear, you know, construction, like our next door neighbors are, you know, or renovating their <laughs> grounds. It's just craziness. My, yeah. I mean, my, everyone's like, you know, dark shades i have a third new baby right now and it's like you know everyone's like you know dark shades sound machines i'm like are you kidding me like my kids can sleep anywhere there's no dark shades there's no sound machines like i just stick them in a room and it's like this is this is your environment i'm sorry <laughs> like it's not quiet get used to it now like your sound machine is is the street <laughs> <laughs> right
0: Welcome to your next stop. This is Juliette Hahn. I am a wife, mom, virtual coach, public speaker, and crazy obsessed dog lover. I am so honored to be able to take you into the life of someone that has followed a passion. Every week, I hope you are as inspired as I am. Welcome to your next stop. Okay so I want to know and I know my listeners want to know a little bit more about you and what makes you tick and how you uh you know how you became what you are right now. So I know when we first originally spoke it was you know we kind of really talked about how you didn't really look at entrepreneurship as something that you ever wanted to be in and now you totally are. So Can you take my, yeah, take my listeners a little bit back to whether it's, you know, high school, university, but just a little bit of like, you know, a little bit of your background. No,
1: I'll give some cliff notes and I'll try to be concise. Uh, I mean, I always say I'm a late bloomer because I, my twenties were extremely lost. I, I did not like my twenties. My sisters, my little sister is 29 and she's having like all these breakdowns. I'm like, I get it. Leave your 20s and get out of your 20s and get to your 30s. Those 20s are awful. I mean, so I, you know, after I graduated, I went to... I'm from the Midwest. So I'm from the Midwest originally. And uh, I graduated college with absolutely no idea. I mean, talk about a waste. I mean, I'm all for like specialization because I did. And like my, what did people just pay money for? I, I didn't even know I had to get a job. It was, I was that just disconnected from real life. And I ended up because I was so lost. I ended up selling books door to door all over the country, not Bibles. I feel like I need to say that (laughs) Um, no Bibles, but Because I was just so I just didn't know what I wanted to do, and so I started selling books, and it was one of those crazy like hundred percent commission jobs, like the jobs that you're like don't ever let your children do. Like (laughs) my parents like okay fine that's fine, and so I ended up doing this weird thing across the country. For I was in Texas, I was in Florida, like I, I was just in a lot of places that I look back and I'm like holy crap. So like, fun story in Florida. Like, I remember when I was selling books, you know, I saw a flag and I thought it was the uh, the New Zealand flag. And I was like, oh my God, I went to the guide. I'm like, oh my God, it's like, you're a Kiwi. It's a Confederate flag. Like, I was just out of my element. And, but... I was real good at selling books. So,
0: (laughs) well, so that's what I want to kind of back up because this is what I love about hearing about people's stories. So this was after you graduated college. Is that what you said? After I
1: graduated college. Yeah. All my friends were getting jobs. They already had jobs. And I graduated with, um, I had a journalism background. I, I just didn't even really know what I wanted to do. And I thought maybe I'd be a small town or not a small town, but I thought, oh, I'd be a reporter. But I just was not, I I don't know. I was epitome of lost, you know, 22 years old and you're supposed to be doing these things. And I just wasn't equipped to like go into the real world.
0: So now did you, so this is where I love to kind of dive into like your family a little bit. So were your parents, were they in the business world? Did your mom stay home or did your dad stay home? You know, what, what was the background there? So in, in as you were growing up? Yeah. I mean, I had a complex
1: growing up. My biological dad left my family when I was five. So I definitely had like a, my mom raised me as a single mom for many, many years. And my grandparents were huge. Uh, My grandparents were the closest people in my life until they died a few years ago. And so, um, you know, I grew up seeing my mom as a single mom for a lot of years. And so my mom was a hustler. Like my mom was in, you know, peak like 80s being a buyer in like a man's world. And, you know, my mom was awesome at what she did. And so... She remarried, and then you know, for all intents and purposes, the person I call my dad now, like you know, was my dad, was my father figure. And um, but he was very up and down, so it was like you know, one year we'd 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 be rich, and then like the next year we'd be poor. Like, I think mean, he had some mentally some mental illness, and so that wasn't you know you don't realize that as a child. So, uh, but that came out over the years like what's going on here so there was some bipolarness in there so I grew up in this crazy house where I lived in Singapore for a few years like we I mean so you know my dad was in he had like an international job so my my childhood in retrospect when I look back I thrive in chaos like I am fine with it and I think at some level it served me well because I I don't judge people in because I never had I didn't have that idyllic childhood where, you know, I remember going to other people's houses and getting jealous because being like, oh, is this how like, is this how it's supposed to be? And like no one's yelling and like no one's, I mean, I just grew up in that loud house where it just was normal to me. And um thank God, you know, my mom is amazing. I had really strong, my grandparents are amazing. I had like very strong influences in my life, but it could have gone it definitely could have gone
0: another way. Right. So, yeah. So that's so interesting. So I I loved you just having like insight in that because I think what I always share, and this is one of the things that I talk about, and I know you're huge into storytelling as well, that a lot of people don't know that, there's parts in their early childhood or earliness that really actually formed them. And whether you believe in God or the universe, it really, we all have a path and it depends on the path that you kind of take. Cause we all don't find that path. Some of us find the path at a different time in our lives and it's because of life experiences. So I always love to kind of go back to childhood and kind of pick the brain there because a lot of times it is, it's like, Oh, wait a second. Right. You know, I did, I lived in chaos and I actually thrive in that. And it's funny because I am the same sort of person. I, I, my parents are divorced, but my dad was in our family, but I live in chaos way better than a lot of people because it's just what makes me thrive. And I had, I mean, my mom was a kindergarten teacher, very stable family, but that's how like my brain works. Like I like, I need the chaos to kind of, you know, to kind of get like excited and, and, and run and with it. And I can really live in that. And sometimes I create chaos to be like, okay, let me stir the pot here. So, you know, I can kind of just get things going. So that's why, you know, it's always like two dogs, three kids, you know, there's always something going on, um, But it is a really cool thing when I think back to my story, my younger years, a lot of it was because I'm so I'm dyslexic. So school was really tough for me. And the the way that I could sometimes pay attention is if it wasn't just like everyone sitting there. And it was like, you know, at the board arithmetic, I learned such a different way. I learned hands-on and like, you know, those classes that you got to get involved. And so it it really takes me back to those times in my life that that's really why I learned the way I learned. I mean, it's also because of the dyslexia. Dyslexia, but I could, you know, how I managed and kind of maintained it. So you going out of college, it's there's nothing where you had saw your mom working hard. So you knew, okay, I graduate college. I got to get it. I have to get a job. Right. So that was yes. like your mindset. It's not like I graduated now I can go live on someone's couch. So that's kind oh, wanna... of,
1: yeah, no, I always knew that, you know, I, I always wanted to work, but I also think because my dad, my, you know, disco Bob, that was always his name. I mean, so, you know, there's always those friends, dad, that's like, Ooh, that's like a little bit weird, you know, and my dad was like the weird dad. Right. But, That was normal to to me. So, you know, doing strange things was just, yeah, of course, you're going to get up at 2am and like help de-ice your backyard, help ice your backyard to do like an Olympic size, you know, rink in the middle of the night. I mean, that's normal. That's not normal. But, you know, I grew up like doing all these strange things. So, To me, when I said, oh, I'm going to go sell books door to door across the country, my dad's like, cool, go. Yeah, awesome. I'll see you later. You know, like, no. So I think in a way it it served me well, because if if I have to really dig deep and appreciate him and his role in my life, because there was a lot of stress involved with that too. But the upside is, is that nothing is too weird and nothing is too crazy. So the expectation of me graduating from college wasn't to just go get like that corporate job that all my friends were getting because you have to get a job it was like okay you know you still and by the way like you know I I didn't come from this background where you know everything was just taken care and granted there was privilege involved like I went to college I didn't have to pay for college I didn't have loans but it's not like I was this rich kid where you know I could graduate and it's like I had a trust fund it was like no I I had to like figure stuff out so anyway yeah so I sold books and I was really, I made more money selling books. It took me decades, a decade to actually match what I was earning at the age of 24, which is
0: pathetic.
1: But, um, yeah, that was my, that, so that was my kickoff after graduating college. And then just to kind of speed this up a bit, I remember I was selling books in LA and I so ended up selling like thousands of dollars to this guy to this dad he's like I wasn't gonna buy it I wasn't gonna answer the door he goes you need to like get He goes, you need like you need to like get into tv or something he goes this is amazing he goes you're really just naturally good at talking and speaking and I like want to buy all the books you're telling me so he happened to be one of the head guys at American Idol so random and so Anyway, I kept in touch with him. And when I went back to Chicago, I ended up getting an internship at at WGN. I don't know if, you know,
0: I actually, I totally know WGN cause I was in advertising and that was one of my, um, that was one of the stations I actually used to call on.
1: And WGN is a weird station. It's not a normal news station. So it's very quirky and look, Chicago is like the, the, the land of nepotism. It's like anyone who's on TV there, it's like their mom or their dad or their grandfather or their uncle. So it's a really weird market. So I got this internship and I loved it and I was, you know, doing the, Interning at like two in the morning and I but I just love being in that environment. And so I'm like, oh my God, this is what I'm supposed to do. I am supposed to be in journalism and I'm gonna revisit because at the time I was like 25. So this is like a few years after, and I still did not have a normal job, but I made so much money selling books. I was able to literally like sell books for three months and then just go to Europe or just kind of live nomadically before that was a thing. Um, but then I got serious. I went to this internship and I um, And from there, this is when it gets kind of funny. One of the guy, one of the girls is like, you know, there's this local show called the nude hippo, your Chicago show. You should, you should like get involved with that. And so I said, okay, <laughs> ended up getting this hosting job. Mind you, I wasn't paid. I look back. I'm like, Oh my God, so many mistakes, so many mistakes, but I ended up getting this hosting job on a show literally called, you can Google it. The Nude Hippo, your Chicago show. And it was, I thank God, like YouTube wasn't around and Instagram wasn't around because I it would like probably have ruined me before I even had a chance to like do something normal. But it was this like variety show and I'd have to dress up in like a Shrek. I just like, I'm so embarrassed even talking about it, but I did this for a year. And I remember being like, I'm going to have a reel or, you know, like a a, a video and I'm going to get a reporting job now because I needed you need to show yourself doing stuff to get a job at these local stations. So I'm like, this is perfect. Right. Yeah. Except it wasn't perfect because when you are shopping, you're, you know, you're sending your resume video to all these news directors and they see it's, I didn't, I had like no concept that that wasn't normal. And I remember I must've applied and this is no joke for nine months I probably applied to every single, like I'm talking like market, market 5,000, like the lowest market in the country. I could not get a job. And I remember I was flying to Texas because I remember I got like a call, like an interview and I couldn't even get it. I couldn't even get a job like in the worst market. And I remember a gentleman. And also this is like in mid, I feel like this is like 2006, 2007. It was pre me too it was pretty like, it was like peak Britney. Spe- I, I look back when I watched the Britney Spears documentary recently, I felt so sad. Cause I'm like, I am her. Like she was so my childhood that right. I look back and I'm like, it's all these men, you know, running these news stations. And it was very much like, it just had that yucky feel still of a bit of a touch of misogyny, but I was too young to even realize that. So, but I remember I sat down in an office and this news director from like, you know, peoria like not even like outside of peoria like a town of 12 people he's like um i'm gonna show you the, the 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 video of the woman that i just hired and i want to to just look at her stuff and i'm like okay so he puts the he plays the video for me and it's this woman and she's standing outside the white house <laughs> and she's like you know reporting live from the white house and i'm like oh my god i literally like my reel was me in a shrek costume where i was like at a star Wars, a star wars convention interviewing all the people and i i was just i remember just being like wanting to die and i was like okay got it he goes you know you're really a uh, raw he's like if you get some training you know maybe come back to me and so he goes. You should have. you ever considered applying to Northwestern because you know you're in Chicago? And I, funny enough, I had applied to Northwestern when I was in in high school and I didn't get in. And so oh I was God. like, yeah, I was like, yeah, I had, but you know, it's like not even on my radar. So anyway, I ended up applying to. After I saw this tape, it stuck with me because I'm like, I I'm never gonna get a job, like literally. And I can't keep doing nude hippo, your Chicago show. I'm not making no money. I was living at home at that point at like 26. (laughs) I was like going backwards, you know? So then I'm like, you know what? I'm going to apply. Northwestern has a one-year grad school program. And I ended up getting in to that one-year program. And that is really kind of the shift because, you know, I was in a one-year program. I was 26 years old. So I was much older or I was 27. I don't even know. I it was like, 20, I was like older than my classmates, but I was more serious because I'm not 22 just going straight into grad school. I was like, this is do or die. Like all my friends have normal jobs. I've never had a salary. I've I've never had a normal anything. And so, um, that is really what, and I was lucky because I, when I went in the one-year program, it was, they were, it, you couldn't just do like broadcast or, print because that wasn't the world anymore. You had to learn how to do websites. You had to learn how to shoot your own video. You had to learn how to edit video. So I was in this one year program where I was all, it was technical skills. And then, yeah, like you can do reporting and stuff, but you need to understand how to like do your own stuff in tech technical.
0: But you know what I love about that though? And, and I'm sure you've in hindsight seen all that experience that you had before like the sales with the books and then also with the the naked hippo all that experience oh, nude, you, oh sorry the nude hippo not naked. it's the nude not <laughs> naked sorry the nude hippo um nude. but do you know what i mean like you got experience so you're right when you went into and got into that northwestern program you were like okay i know exactly what i want to do and i now have the skill set because i've gone through like what I don't want to do. Right. And I was so- already rejected from
1: Northwestern. So it was honestly, I was so, so surprised that I got in. And I also like, I didn't realize how much also like you know, I had like my, my grandpa like taught at Northwestern. Like, I mean, I you know, I had like these. You know, my uncle went to Northwestern. So the fact that I didn't get in was like, oh wow, like you know. So I already kind of like felt you know like a family stain. Like I couldn't get into the school that my freaking grandpa was like an engineer professor at. I mean, that's pretty pathetic when you have like that much of an in, and you're like, nope, sorry, we don't want your grandpa. <laughs> so when I got in for grad school, I did feel a bit vindicated, like. Okay. Yeah. So when I went into the program, I just felt, and you know, and, and here's the other thing too. Even being in that program, and like, I knew I liked it, but I wasn't like, yes, like this is it. Like even at 26, 27, I wasn't like, oh god. So am I? Is this how it is to work? Is this how it is to be an adult? Like you're never really fully happy, but you're just you have to make money. So I was already feeling strange too. Like, I don't know if this is exactly it, but I, I, I can't
0: turn back now, you know, I'm 27. Right. right. So, so this is what I love. Cause this is where your journey though, then kind of goes where you start getting bigger jobs. Right. And then, you know, if yeah. you could take us through that and then, yeah. Have, yeah.
1: Yeah. So quickly, so it was a one-year program and at the end of it, you're allowed to apply. Like they have Northwestern has all these relationships. You can and you can do like an extra internship. So you can almost do like an extra quarter. And so I was supposed to go to South Africa. And I remember I w- I got this internship and I got accepted to be this like broadcast person or like train. And I was like, oh, this is everything, you know. Well, I ended up not getting it it was like honestly it was like bags packed and something weird happened but they're like oh yeah sorry you actually didn't get it so uh-huh. I remember being like are you kidding me and so at the time I remember I was talking to my teacher and she's like you know we, we you why don't you go to London and I remember at the time I was like oh I don't know I, I don't know why I just I just wanted to go to South Africa you know and so I didn't want to go to London it sounds crazy just even saying that but um Anyway, she's like, "Well, we have a we you, we have a spot for you at time.com, you know, like time.com." Right. I was like, "All right." So I ended up doing that. So I ended up going to London, and I ended up doing this this time.com internship, and thank God, because first of all, being in London you know, you're just the connections you make. And then also I ended up meeting my husband. I didn't even know that was not, I, I didn't even know it at the time, but I ended up importing, a, a, importing a Brit back to the, to the US a few <laughs> years later. But and because I was there, that I had met someone at CNN and they're like, Oh, you should like come to CNN.com. And so I ended up actually staying in London after my internship and getting like a job, like at CNN.com. And so I kind of got all this digital experience to the back end. And I have to say, like that, having that on my resume, that is when things opened up. Because then when I came back to the States, I went back to Chicago and I'm like, I gotta get out of this town. Like it's not big enough. Like Chicago is just true. Like if you are not a great daughter or a son, it is really hard to infiltrate, especially the TV market. They keep it real close. People right. like, well, don't leave. I mean, the, the local scene in Chicago is king like or queen. It's, it's like the national scene, you know, that's, it's, it doesn't get any better than like local Chicago. So I didn't want to do that. And also like, reporter job it's just it's a hard it's a hard existence like reporter jobs and also it, it was changing the industry had changed you know and so I came I moved to New York without a job but this is true story like I had I found a, it was like 2010 2011 moved to New York no job and I gave myself like Three months to get a job, and I ended up getting a job at Bloomberg TV overnight. From the, I had the two to ten shift, two AM. It was is it was, is it was so awful. I was like <laughs> covering the uh, the Asian the Asian market. And I have no business doing that. I'm like, if people only knew, like, I was like, wait, you got to hired me to do this, but I needed a job. And so I, I that thrust me in the, in the scene, you know, you just need that, like that first in that first. That, yeah. It was an awful place to be. I'm still really good friends with a lot of people, but it was a very horrible environment. So, um, yeah. Also pre me too. So it's, you know, the media is such a strange place, but it's um it was a great job in that it, it made it let me stay in New York. I mean, I, I had three months, if I didn't find a job in three months, like I, I had to move back. I had to move back home. Right. You know, lucky I had, a, I, that was an option, but like I was at, at that point, you know, I was like, you know, almost, Oh my God, how old was I? I don't remember. It was like, I wasn't 30 yet, but I was like, basically, you know, so Bloomberg TV was a year. And then I was laid off from that job. And then because of my book, honestly, I'm really good at being rejected because when you sell books that long door to door, and it's truly door to door, you just rejection just sort of rolls. And I was, you know, I've been rejected. All my whole life, you know, like rejected at all this TV stations when I tried to get a local reporter job. So, rejection is not something that I'm scared of because it's just part of my existence. So, I remember when I got laid off, I was like so calm about it. I'm like, all right, okay, it's just like I'm going to get a job, but it's a process and I just, it's a number. So, I ended up getting it in. And he's a mentor to me to this day, but it was a man, he had, a, it was at NBC and I'll never forget. I met this random person who I did not know, but through, you know, how it works. Yeah. I met for coffee at Rockefeller center. And I was talking to this guy named Darrell and he's like, you know, he goes, you should talk to this guy named Tim Pete, because he has this little unit in NBC and he's doing cool things. And I don't know, you should just talk to him. So I ended up getting an interview and Tim always tells me the story. He's like, you were woefully underqualified. He goes like, you were just not qualified. Like you didn't have what we needed. Like we needed like, you know, someone that had a lot more skills. He goes, but you know why I hired you? I started talking about selling books door to door and he thought to himself, this chick, I I can't teach anyone how to go door to door and be good at it. He goes, so if I, she can do that for four years and be fine, I can teach this chick how to edit. I can make it, I can make her a better video shooter. I can teach her how to like be, you know, so he gave, he took a chance on me and he, he hired me for a, a role where I was essentially a one woman ban but he was ahead of his time because it was right before it you know back in the day it was like editorial and ads you know you did not mix so at the today show at the you know back when you know this he was what he would do is he'd go to the ad sales for the today show he'd be like okay you just sold general motors let's say a million dollars like of advertising give me 200k give my little team 200k and we'll make you digital content we'll make you like we'll make you a cool like digital video, and we'll put it on the today.com website at the bottom of it. And this is before this was normal. And that's what I did. So I would go out and interview like Tony Shea of Zappos and you know, the, all, all these, the, the Patagonia, like, and they would, we would just interview them. And we had a show called cool runnings, not to be confused with the bobsled movie, but that was the show I worked on cool runnings. And it was like lived on NBC.com. No one knew what we did. We were in the same newsroom though, as the today show. So I remember people would always be like, what are you guys doing? And so that got me in NBC and then he got laid off because he was too, he was very polarizing. You know, we, he, he treated us like we had no, we had unlimited vacation. He didn't care where we worked. He didn't care if we came to the office. I mean, so we were this like little renegade unit in, within NBC. And he started his own startup within NBC, the news division. And people, some people loved him. And a lot of people didn't like him. And the people that loved him, when they got let go, he was, the writing was on the wall for him. So he got pushed out of the company.
0: Right. But so, you know, there's like two things and this is where I love how stories come together. So it, it brings you again, back to selling those books and the rejections. Right. But then it also brings me back to that, that guy that you sold to that wasn't going to buy and said to you, you know, the guy from the American idol, Oh yeah, yeah, Hey, I want you to, you know, go, I think you really need to go into TV. But what he said is, is that your personality and the way you communicated and the way you, Created that relationship with him that quick, that that's going to help you along. And so one of the things that I want to say, because I used to say this, I would always say I could I could interview to be the president of the United States. I could get there and have no idea. And that was like my career. I would interview always five steps above where I actually knew what I was doing because I am Uh such a people person, and I can. You're good. You're good. Yeah, I know you're you're great. But, but it's so funny because it's, that's, what's reminding me about you though. So like you got like this, someone's like, I'm going to give her a chance because of this background, because of this hustle that she had. And because of like, she just had a great interview. Like, even though she's not qualified, I'm going to give a chance. And so all of those, those experiences that you had before getting to cool runnings and NBC really formed who you are. And so that's what I always you know, on this, on this podcast, but also even when I'm talking to clients and stuff is what I want them to always take their story and really think about it. Because all of those little, little tiny pieces, like the guy from American Idol, right? He planted a tiny seed. He said one thing to you.
1: It's so true. It is, it's really, I don't, I've never actually laid it out like this before had someone kind of regurgitate those uh, insights, but no, it's true. And, you know, and even, and so the today, and you want to talk about getting into the Today Show? I mean, that's a whole other beast, and mm-hmm. like that is also something like they like you to come up as an intern. They like you to like come from their page program. But I was going to say, by the way, I also got rejected from. I applied for the page program, and that was a whole other thing. I even made it to the interview in New York, whatever, and I just you know didn't get it. So when I, when his unit got disbanded again, I was let go. I was like, out. I was not, but you know, he was so, um, amazing. Like he kind of like, he, he really wanted us to, to see us place. So he like hustled for us behind the scenes, his, to this day, the people on that team, like we would like walk through fire for him because he, he hustled to get us placement. And so I remember he got me an interview at the today show and he even said, he's like, she's not qualified probably for like the job that you have advertised or the job you have listed, but I'm telling you, you need, you want this girl on your team. Like you, 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 she's going to do cool things for you. And so I ended up getting a producer job on the weekend today show, which by the way, there is a difference. Okay. There is the weekend today show. And then there's the today show. So the weekend today show, you know, you're kind of like, Yeah, you're just you're not you don't have the same resources. There's different budgets, there's different expectations. So even though you are on a today show, there is a divide. But it's a divide that I'm so thankful for because it's a divide. Cause you have to be scrappier. You don't, you can't just call a crew, like unless you were, you know, unless you had like Coda or, or whatever, like, you know, you're not just getting a camera crew, like you had to shoot it. So even though I was still at the today show, all the stuff I did, I was still shooting it. It's this unit that creates, like even though we didn't have all the bells and whistles that maybe some of the, our counterparts did on the morning and the weekday, we worked harder. Like we got to work smarter. And like, I think that made us better storytellers and producers because we couldn't just always rely on, Oh, I'll just give it to the editor. Or I I don't even know what I'm shooting because when you're forced to think about a story and you're the one shooting it, you have to plan everything. You have to think about what you're doing and you have to, you know, quite often you were interviewing the person because you were doing it for the reporter. So the Weekend Today show was a really interesting place for me. And so I I, I I, soared there because of the technical stuff. I came into that team knowing how to shoot and edit, and most people did not. So that is why I got it because they're like, all right, she can shoot and edit. We're just going to give her all of our video and she can right. cut, and cut our video. Right. So that's what I did. And so I did that for a while. And I have to say, at the end of the day, and I'm, I'm not knocking this, this is just a fact when you work in media organizations, you're on a wheel, you're on a hamster wheel, and you're only as good as your next story. And you need worker bees. You can't have too many people on a team that aspire to do things differently or to do other things. Because at the end of the day, you need to you need to bang out content like this. So they want, they want worker bees. They want people that'll stand in line and you take your stories and you do it, and then you do it again and again and again and again, and it doesn't end. And I remember I've always had such issues with. Certain bosses, because unless like we jived, it was just I couldn't like. Why can't we do it like this? Or like, why don't we try this? Or I think this is a better way of doing it, and that's just not. It's not good for corporate at a lot of places, you know. And so I knew that I always struggled internally. Like this is, I feel like I'm dying a little bit. Like I can't ever get above where I'm going to be. And also, I would look at, especially women a decade older than me, I didn't want their jobs. Like I didn't want, I wasn't jealous. I wasn't like, Oh God, I can't wait to get there. I'd be like, Oh God, I don't want that job. So then you start
0: thinking like, what am I doing? I actually love the segment that you just did, because I think it's so cool how you just said, like, that's where you were at NBC, right? You had this, this great job, but it was like, I don't, I don't want anything above it. So what does that mean? So that's what I want my listeners to think about. Cause I want those people And this, is what I always say like, if you're a little bit unscathed, Settled, but more than not. Right. So if you're going to a job and you're like, "Eh, it's good, it's all right, but I'm not lighting myself on fire, like I'm not excited about every day and I don't aspire to be what my bosses are, you need to gut check yourself because life is too short.
1: No, totally. And you know, it's funny. I remember I was never one of those people that like wanted to have kids. Like, you know, I, uh, even with marriage, like I was never, like you never had like a lot of boyfriend. I don't know. I just was never dying to get married. Like all my friends in the Midwest, like had kids and babies before the 30. And I'd be like, Ooh, like that doesn't even sound fun. So, you know, I-, I was never one of those people that was dying to do that. And so when I, I got married, when I got, to my British he's British I you know I, I me and my girlfriend came back from England that year with two British people I was like can you guys do a podcast like a digital download like what and we both married them it's so funny and we're anyway so when I got pregnant on my honeymoon very unexpectedly I was not we were not planning on having kids for at least the year you know what I mean we were gonna like we had all these trips we we're gonna go to South Africa like all this stuff and I got pregnant and my honeymoon and I remember being like what the I was like oh my God, I can't believe I guess like, I just, I'm not ready. You know, I'm doing too much in my career right now. Oh my God. Like, and it's so cliche, but yeah, I had my first child in 2013 and that is truly when everything changed. So all the nonsense about like, oh, kids ruin a career, this or that, my kid, like having that baby made me go in hyperdrive so i had the baby i remember i came back to nbc and being like this ain't working and i remember thinking like what do i need to do here and at the time the dot digital was having a moment because it's digital and like yeah like no one watches tv in the morning like in that when that legacy way unless you're like a legacy viewer you know you're by habit Young people aren't, aren't turning into this Asia show. So, so, com started doing all this stuff and they just launched their parenting section in 2013 when I just had a baby and I knew how to shoot and edit. So I remember being like, you know what, like, I'm just going to offer my services to the editor. I'll be like, you know, I, and it was very separate. You want to talk about weekend and weekday being separate. People on the show didn't even know where digital sat. Like, you, its you <laughs> I swear to God, they'd be like, wait, digital Works digital? I mean, it was just so, it's like so embarrassing, but it's true. It was just, that's very much like, oh, that's digital. You know, that's not, that's not TV. And so I, I haven't been there in a few years. I don't know if it's still like that. I imagine it's, hopefully it's not, but it was a little bit of that. So I ingratiated myself with the digital team. So I got to know the editors. I got to know the parenting editor. I got to know like the woman who ran that that, that whole unit, she's still there. And I was just available. I was like, I'll do whatever you guys need. So they started like giving me stories. So I would do this on the side of my normal job. And I'll never forget. This is a good story. It was right around the refugee crisis in Syria. And do you remember that awful photo of that little boy that was washed up on shore? I mean, and when you work in a newsroom, you're desensitized and there's TVs everywhere. I mean, things could be happening and you're just like, oh, okay. And I'll never forget that photo came on the screen and I it stopped me dead in my tracks. I'm like, wait, what's going on here? What's going on here? And I remember being like Syrian refugee crisis. This is embarrassing. I work in news and I was like, what's going on? I had no idea. And I got obsessed with it. I got like, Oh my God, like what is happening? And so I just started like donating, just like personal. Like I started like looking into things and there was this random go fund me and this woman in California, I will tie this together with a boat, but there's this woman in California who she posted and I don't, it came up my Facebook. She's like, this picture is haunting me. I'm a stay at home mom. I don't know what to do. All I know is like, I'm gonna start collecting baby carriers because, um, if you're a refugee family and you have kids, like they need baby carriers. So like donate to my baby carrier. And I was like, genius. So I donated to her baby carrier, didn't think anything of it. But it was in the back of my mind. So I remember a week later, I'm like, I wonder how she's doing. I hope she got to her funding because, you know, you don't get funding unless you reach the level. I went back and she was like, I think her goal was 5K and she was at like 20K. I was like, oh, wow. Wow. I get chills thinking about this because I remember being like, Oh my God, I'm going to reach out to her. And so I reached out to her on a whim. And I don't even know why I said this. Cause I had no business saying it, but I said to her, I'm a, I'm a producer at the today show and you have, this is an amazing story. Like I want, like, what are you doing? Like, I want to like go with you. And like, you know, and so I remember she was got back to me. She's like, Oh my God, I'm going to Greece. Like, you should come with me. You should come with me to Greece. And I was like, oh my God, that's an amazing idea. So I remember I went back to the Today Show and I was like, this is an amazing story. I was so dumb. And I like go into my boss's office and I'm like, we got to do this story. And he's like, uh, no. And he goes, sorry, next. Like, just no, like you're you're not doing it. And I was like, wait, what? I'm like, should I pitch it to the weekday show? Like, I should, he goes, no, like, sorry. Like, that's just, that. it's just not what viewers want to see. Said, okay. So I was so angry. Like I was angry. And at this time, too, I was pregnant again. So I was pregnant with my second kid. And I remember I sat on my desk and I can't believe I did this, but I sent an email and I put him on it, my boss, and I put the head of digital on it. And I put like a few other people. Like I think I even went like above my boss, like literally put like his boss who's still at the show. And I said, hi, guys. I'm Patrice, blah, blah, blah. I'm like, I have an amazing story. And here's what I want to do. And my, my boss doesn't want it, but I, who else wants it? Because you don't have to do anything. I'll just do it, but it needs a platform within seconds, the head of digital replied and's like, Oh God, that's amazing. We want it. And so my boss wrote me a private email and he's like, can you please come to my office? And I thought I was getting fired because I, you know, I, we, we had a a relationship where I actually really respected him and we got on, but when we didn't, like, he was like, tell your line, you know? And so I was like, I'm getting fired. And so I went in his office and he's just like, please never do that again. Number one, he goes, number two, go, go do your fucking story. Like, I don't even (laughs) care. He goes, here's my thing. He goes, here's my rules. He goes, I will let you, he goes, I will give you, he goes, you cannot have a reporter. And I'm thinking, I don't want a reporter like I don't want a reporter flying in on a first class like play doing a stand-up in a refugee camp and being like bye I told him I'm like I want to be embedded for a week with this crew of random American women who met each other online who are now traveling to refugee camps to pass out baby carriers like this is an amazing story like what are you talking about so he wouldn't give me a reporter I'm like great I don't need a reporter I said but you need to give me Jen, Jen was a woman on my team who used to work for the Red Cross, and she had been in disaster zones. And she was like, I mean, Jen is hardcore. Like, she's like a bodybuilder. Like, Jen is like, oh my god, Jen can do anything. I'm like, you need to give me Jen because she knew how to shoot video too. I go, I need someone that like knows what they're doing. I don't need a camera. I don't want a big cameraman. I need like small, nimble people. So he, he let me have Jen, and so me and Jen for one week we traveled to refugee camps. I ended up, they flew me to LA. I was with Natalie. I was at like the cool kids table. And I remember like, I just had my baby. I was four weeks postpartum and I won this huge award Got presented by like the broadcast association. Like, so anyway, all this right is happening. And I'm like, Oh my God, like I need to trust my own instincts. Like I just, this wasn't supposed to happen. And it happened. Then it happened in a huge way. Like I was on the show, like the, the the weekday people wanted me on the show, like to talk about how I did this or like, how do you even find the story? And I went back again, I went back seven months pregnant. So I went there three months and then I went back again and did a follow-up. And that was, that was much more distraught just because it was a different time with the refugee crisis. But we went to like search, like I saw boats coming in from Turkey. Like it was like, really, really, really harrowing. And I, so I did it. I did more stories. So I did all this stuff. And I remember I went on maternity leave and, um, also, to got a raise. I'll never forget it. I was, I found out a year prior that the same dude that sat next to me, that was like five years younger than me was out earning me by $30,000. And I went ballistic and I could not get a raise. And I remember I brought it to like the highest levels of NBC. I'm like, this is bullshit. Like I just want parody. And, um, finally, right before I left for maternity leave, I remember my boss and I had like a bye-bye meeting, you know, He's like, you've had a good year and I'll get the help, like get out of here. Like, I don't want to see you for a while. Like, you know, and he's like, by the way, like I got you your raise and I'm like, awesome. It's still not good enough, but like, we're, I'm all going to take it. Thank you. And just so you know, like when I come back from maternity leave, I'm also going to be on you again about making more money because I'm not making enough still. It's like, okay. So I left and while I was on maternity leave, um, do you remember Snapchat? Yeah. <laughs> One of the interns at the Today Show is like, Latrice, you need to get on Snapchat. I'm like, Phoebe, I'm like, I'm like a mom of like two kids. Like, I'm so old. I'm like, I, I'm not going to be on Snapchat. She's like, no, like you should really, I'm like teacher, so she taught me how to use the app today. my last day. I remember I was like, oh my God, this is kind of cool. So I remember I'm maternity I was like so bored and I got really into Snapchat. So I started like documenting I mean, I was like, oh, breast-. I mean, it was just like early days, right. Of all that stuff, you know, and I was, and I started amassing this like following. And I remember in the middle of my maternity leave, I get this note from this random guy and he's like, former New York times person, this guy called me and he's like, it sounds crazy. I follow you on Snapchat. He goes and you need to come work for us. Like tomorrow he goes, can I take you to lunch? Like come. And I was like, "What? this is craziness. And so I met him for lunch. I remember I brought my infant and I was like him and three dudes. And they're like, I met him in um, the West village and we had lunch. And he's like, what do you want to do? He's like, we, they were building, they bought a bunch of online properties. So they bought a mom blog and you would know the name that like, they basically, wanted at the time. They're like, we want to take this to the next level. We need video. We need storytelling. Like you're amazing. Like, can you do what you do on your Snapchat? Can you come do it for us? And like, I mean, it was just like, is this happening? Like also I was on maternity leave. No one gets recruited on maternity leave. I was just like, this is weird. And so I remember I said, no, I said, no, I have, I work for this today show. Like I just got a raise. Like I'm getting more money when I get back. I just won this like Bracy award nominated for like all this stuff. My career was like almost peaking. I finally had like, you know, it takes a while when you're at these companies to get like kind of respect and to get like, Oh, this, this girl knows what she's doing. And I finally had that. And I was like, I can't give it up. And I remember I said, no. So they came back with me and they like increased, they kept raising the ante. They're like, what do you want to make? What do you want to make? And so at one point I was like, okay, this is crazy. And so I reached out to my boss on maternity leave. And I'm like, I have to be honest with you. This is what I'm being offered. And he was like, oh my God, I go, can you match that? He goes, Patrice, like, even if I wanted him, he he goes, no, he goes, you'd be making more than like (laughs) the team. He goes, "Um, but also get out of here. He goes, go do something interesting. He goes, this place is too small for you. He's like, go, he goes, and he told me in confidence, he goes, You know, he was the breadwinner. He's like, I would love to like do something different, but I can't. Like I'm stuck. You know, you you make just enough good money when you're at that high level where you can't really go. He's like, go learn about digital and like come do something cool. He's like, go, he was like, I want you to go do this job. He goes and you're you have to, you have to, you have to. So because I didn't want to not return back to my job. I didn't want to burn bridges, you know. I have to say NBC is amazing for, for new moms. Like I had six months off, like that's unheard of This wow. is back in 2016, you know? So they, they, they really, I felt really taken care of by them. And it's a small industry as you know, it, especially in New York media, I'm like I cannot have people hate me. So um, he told me to leave. And so I went to this dream job and I started this dream job in 2016 and it was a disaster. It was like an absolute disaster. So we'll fast forward through that, but honestly, it was like one of those soul crushing experiences where you just, my esteem, I I, I have never, it was the closest I've ever been to being depressed. And at the time my husband had taken a risk and he left his stable corporate job to do his own thing. And so I had the health insurance, like I, you know, it was this, I mean, they, they came at me three times, you know? And so it was just like, it was like going to be amazing. And it was awful. It was awful, awful. And my, my esteem was just, and my esteem plummeted in like 30 days. Like the only good thing is I was so, I was such a disaster that I got so I like lost all my baby weight in like literally a month because I just couldn't even, I was so stressed out. And, you know, in the worst way, but I remember being like, I can fit into my, baby. <laughs> but like at what cost, like not a cost that anyone should have to go through.
0: But also that I, I want to pause you for a second, because the thing is the fact that you were at, as you said, you were at like a high high peak yes. and then you took a yes. risk. Cause it was like, okay, this is going to be something that is really cool. And also you have hormones when you first have a baby, right. There's so many different things that go through your mind. And so you took a risk so that, and that sucks. And then, as you said, you know, with the gentleman that was working before, like people at at higher levels, when you get that golden handcuffs, right. You make just enough money that you're like, so comfortable. You're like, I really can't leave because it's like times are changed and all this different things. So the fact that you, you know, now are in that position, right. You're in that position where you're the earner, you have the child, you know, the healthcare and all of that. And you see yourself like plummeting, you know, your, your self-esteem and stuff. So
1: many red flags, and in retrospect, you just look at them and you're like, Patrice, what the hell? But you know, the Today Show at NBC, they do such an amazing job. My experience, and I'd say most people's, is a really great place to work. They hire awesome people. And and you know what? Like it's everyone is, it, yeah, sure, it's competitive, but it's nice. They hire nice people. So my experience working in this like high performance, high pressure environment. And sure there's competition. And, you know, you got it like, but at the end of the day, like people were respectful and I just came, I was not equipped to like, I was in this new place and I was just like, this is not, this is not normal. Like this doesn't feel like right to me. And so I knew immediately they forgot my first day of work. That should have been red flag. Number one, I walked in and and no one knew anything. And they're like, Oh, I thought you start tomorrow. And I'm like, Oh my God. Like, you know, there's no place for me to pump. This is like a a brand that was like in the parenting space. Like it was bizarre. I remember my first time was pumping in this closet, like a a goal, a gross closet with like every, I was sitting on like a box and like, I was really, I, I remember feeling sad, but being like, I shouldn't feel sad. I'm making so much money. And I have like, you know, this amazing job and just red flag after red flag after red flag after red flag. And so it, it, it got real bad before it went, it, it never got good. Right. And so it just was like a slow burn. And I remember at the today show, my boss threw a surprise. He threw a going away party for me. Like, even when I wasn't coming back because like, we want to say bye to you properly. So I remember going to this going away party in, in, in the fall, By December, they were trying to push me out. They're like, oh, this isn't working. And at that time, I was like, oh, hell to the no. Like, excuse me, not working. Because at that time, then I got angry. Because at first I was like, oh, I was operating at so, I was like pathetic. I was just so, I I was a shell of myself. I really was. I didn't even recognize myself. Like every day I would come home. My husband, my husband's the best, but like he every day you you keep it all in. And I remember every single day I would just come up the stairs to my apartment and I would open the door and I would just, I would literally just like collapse every day, crying for hours. Like even my, at the time my oldest was like three and he'd be like, you know, mom, why are you always crying? Like, it was just, it was so hard. And so, um, you know, when they tried to push me out, I remember I had a lunch with the same people. I remember they invited me to lunch around Christmas. I thought it was like a Christmas lunch. I was like, "Oh, that's so nice of them. They're like going to take me out to lunch around Christmas." Like, I remember I thought that. I remember it was right after Christmas because right after New Year's, right around now, it was right after New Year's Day. And I remember being like, "Oh, this is like a catch-up." I haven't, you know, I remember I walk in this restaurant in Chelsea, and they're all three sitting in a booth, and then the lawyer who I had never seen ever up except for like the first week of work i remember being like hmm, that seems a bit strange and i still like sit down so like hey guys after <laughs> christmas like happy new year you know like and it's just like the conversation was like well this isn't really working and then i like flipped i was like oh this isn't working i was like really like let me tell you guys about something that's not working like how you run this company so Anyway, I ended up it, like some stuff happened where thank God I stood up for myself because I, they think they realized like, oh, okay, we just need to let this girl go, but we want this to be nice. So I actually did end up getting a severance and it was that moment. I remember I was so, de- I was so depressed because I remember being like, I have to you, know, you, you go through this experience and I'm low. So I remember being like, I can't even fathom interviewing. Like there is not, and I remember, I told my boss, my old boss the Today Show. I called him, and I was a wreck, and I was like, I just need to let you know this happened because I just thought I was like, I was also scared because my husband, I was a health insurance. There was like all I was like Cobra. Like it was just, I was just not operating. I had a new, you know, my I had a toddler, and my baby wasn't even like seven months old, and um, my boss was like, well, you know he basically is like, you know, you can come back. like it's you can come back. And I remember being like, you know, what an amazing, first of all, going back to that is amazing. Like what, a, that's an amazing place to be. And, but there was something in me just felt like kind of a loser. You know, I hate to use that word, but like, I just felt like I can't even pack it outside the walls of NBC. Like I tried to do something different. I tried to do something cool. And I couldn't do it. I actually failed. And actually, I remember thinking I'm not good. Because I must be in this weird bubble where it, you know things—the real world—works differently. And I, I was at the end of that experience, I was made to feel, and as part of it's my own, but truly though, it was like, no, you're not, you're not good. Like actually, you know, I remember there was a one woman in a meeting in front of everyone. She's like, "Aren't you from NBC? Aren't you from a Today Show? Like, shouldn't you know this stuff?" And I remember being like, "Oh my God, she's maybe she's right or she's wrong." I, I just, it was so that, that environment was so mean, but I didn't recognize it as mean until I kind of stepped away and being like, that is messed up. And then other people started coming out of the woodwork. That's how you really know. But I, I just didn't think I was any good. So even the thought of going back there, I was like, well, you don't, you don't want me anyway. So I remember being like, what am I going to do? And so I have like three months pay, I guess you could say like being paid out for like, I don't even remember how long it was, but I, I remember I got insurance longer. That's what i Gartered for. I'm like, I want insurance for like nine months. So I remember being like so low. And honestly, there was one day I was on the floor, I was so depressed and my baby was like in a bouncer chair and he's just staring at me and I'm staring at him and I'm like I know I have to get out of this because this is just like I have to I'm in New York we're a double income family like this is not my husband gave me some time to more but he's like get yourself get yourself together like what do you need but like do it because we need you like the family needs you you know and that's I remember looking at my baby on the floor and I was like crying and everything and he's just staring at me he's like ah, you know he's like a baby he's like happy and he's smiling his little legs are going in this baby Bjorn bouncer chair. I remember being like, oh my God, I got to like get myself up and like do something. I remember that next day I said to my husband, I'm like, you know what? I know how to shoot video. I know how to edit video. I'm sure there are like some brands or businesses that like need video. So maybe I should just like do a, have a video company. It's like, I think that's a great idea. And so that's how it's like, that's how it started. But even like, you Know, I, I it, 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 there's so many bumps and downs, but like that's so the top of 2017 in March is when I started my company. But you're not even thinking like that, I thought it was a stopgap so I could interview to get back into media when I felt my esteem was at a higher place. And I was nervous to interview because I was having like I could explain a 90 day what is this, like why are you only there for 90 days? So I was already like, I need to get some more experience in my belt. So I can say like, Oh, my gap was nine months. So that's okay. I can, then I can go back into the real world. If I have, can, if I can explain nine months, right. I freelance, I contracted, you know, I did cool things. So that was why I was doing it. It wasn't doing it so I could like start a company. I was literally doing it to pad my resume. So when I did interview, it wouldn't look so strange.
0: Right. But you know what? The thing that I love so much is that all of those experiences that you had, and again, this is where it always comes back to. And I say this, and I truly believe this deep down in my soul is that we all have, uh, there's a, there's a plan, right? We all have a plan, whether it's God or the universe that you believe in. And you kept getting these little things, as you said, back, you know, when you were at the today show, or even before then you were like, eh, I don't really want to be that person that's there. And you know, if this is okay, it's not, not great. And then you had all these experiences and the universe or God just kept going, I'm going to throw some more stuff at you because you're not getting this, you're not getting this. And this is what I want my, but all like, this is what I want the listeners to think about is that if you didn't have all those experiences, you wouldn't be as successful in your business that you are today because of everything that you went through. So that's why you didn't find your path until when you were meant to find your path. Like, yeah,
1: I, mean, that- I, that one, I was in my mid, I mean, like, you know, I feel like now it's like, if you don't have a business by the age of 30, or if you're not 25 and like kicking it with your own company and your own social company, like, what's the point? Like, I mean, I was, what was it? this was like 2000. I mean, I was like 34, like, you know, 34, like me, 35, like it was, that's like, you know, by, you know, people in their like, you know, mid 30s, like you were, you knew what you were doing or you were like very far along in your career. Like, so in a way, I almost felt like those same feelings going back to now that I'm thinking about it, it's like, oh my God, like I just blew this up where you know i'm a reason 26 and being like i don't have a job yet and i'm like in school and i'm an intern being an intern too at 29 that messed me up for a bit because people didn't think i was 29 they thought i was younger and so i'd be like oh my god i knew i was 29 they would like do so all those feelings i'm just always feeling like late to the party or behind like it's definitely a theme that i still have. it's it's like now that i can talk about it it, it is something that um it's a got to get over it. And I am getting over it. Cause now I'm realizing it's, it's, it's okay. But that feeling of like, Oh my God, like, what am I doing? And so when I started this thing, I didn't even call it a company. I called myself a freelancer. I remember being like, I'm freelancing. Like, but I remember I went and bought with my severance money. I bought a kick-ass camera. I went and got like a Canon, like, you know, top of the line. I spent $15,000 on lights, tripods, camera i'm like i'm gonna learn how to like really do this because i have to i'm gonna do video so that's what i started doing and i started you know you get a couple clients god forbid if they only it's just like oh my god it it was just so i remember being at a shoot for this very well-known influencer now and i remember being at her apartment because she her team hired me to like do all this content for her i'm like yeah no problem no idea what I was doing. And so, I mean, you, you do, but like, it's different when you're in editorial land, like I've shot so many times, but it's different. It's a different headspace a bit when you're doing it for a brand or a company than it is like purely story. It's purely editorial. Right. So when I was at this woman's house, I remember I didn't know how to really work my camera. I mean, I remember being like, Oh my God. And so I took the camera. How weird is this? I'm like, I took the bathroom. It's just me. It was like all her team. And I like, took the camera like to the bathroom and probably like, what's going on here. I remember I panicked. I like FaceTimed a friend of mine that I used to work with at NBC. I'm like, I don't know how to do this. I'm like, what is wrong? I remember showing him the camera and he's like, but chase your ND filters on, like take your ND filter. I'm like, oh. so I like took the ND filter off and like, that was it. But like, I didn't know like how to, and I remember freaking out because our whole you know, publicist and all this stuff. And so, like when you, I've never felt more uncomfortable in my entire life than that first year and a half, because it is so true. Like, because I wasn't aspiring to have a company or I didn't, I didn't want to, I wanted to actually like go back to, 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 to media. I'm like, Oh, this is too uncomfortable. I'm also, I wasn't like a, a gearhead as they call them. You know, I wasn't like obsessed with cameras. I was like, so I remember um, about a year and a half in, it was not going well. I was not making money. Like I was, but not, not to be with two small kids and in a, in New York city and like live how you want to live. Like I, and my husband was still taking a career risk. So like he was up and down, money was really bad. Like I was getting into debt, like major debt. And I was like, this is just not working. I need to get a job. Like I'm done. And I remember my husband is the one that is like, give yourself six more months. And I was like, what? He's like, give yourself six more months. He's like, I know you, he goes, you're going to figure this out. He goes, you need more time. And I'm like, I know this is hard right now. And we're like broke, but like, I just give yourself six more months. So I remember I ended up, and this is counterintuitive because I didn't have the money really, but I hired a business coach. It was like year two of my business. So it was like 2017. I hired a business coach at the end of 2018. And I didn't have it, put it on a credit card, but I was like, I need help. And she came recommended and she was operations. And I remember the first meeting we had, she looks at me and she's like, first of all, like what is going on? Like you are, I I was, she made me realize that I was not thinking of myself As a founder, as a businesswoman, as the the captain of my own company, I was just a freelancer. I was just doing some projects. I was like dabbling in video, but I'm actually, at the time I had launched a a, a parenting site on the side called Citykin, which is anyway, I, so I was always doing like, that's what I'm going to be doing but I need to make some money because I'm going to be, I really want to be doing it. So I just never really took it that seriously. She kind of helped me level up my thinking and she's like, stop it. Like you are a businesswoman. you're a founder. And I remember, and she helped me clean up. Like, I mean, my, my website was me with, with a camera and a giraffe getting licked on the face. She's like, what is this? I was like, are you, I was like, I don't know. I don't care. No one looks at my website. She's like, but people might. So I just was so disjointed and like, Everything because I didn't feel it. I didn't feel like I was worthy of that, and also like I just wasn't connected to any other entrepreneurs. I was living in this weird silo. So, anyway, that really changed things for me. And so after I had my business coach, I kind of leveled up a bit. I started like, and I would say yes to everything. Someone, I I remember like I paid for someone's video. I remember it was like this, like this hair brand, and they're like, we don't have any money. I'm like, okay, cool, no problem. (laughs) I'll just do it. And, And I like literally like. I like, I paid for their like social videos and I remember being like, this is insane. Like, what am I doing? And also I couldn't really connect the dots of like my skill set, because my skill set is not shooting and editing. I can do that, but it's not my zone of genius. I wasn't aware yet that actually my ability to Tell a story, my ability to actually like look at a brand or a company and immediately see like, this is what you guys should be saying and doing. And I didn't think that that was like why people would want to hire me. I thought they were hiring me for the video. So I was very stuck on the tech stuff. So that's why, too, I'm like, I, I don't own a video production company. Ew. And then I just, I don't know, something happened in me where I'm like, you know what, if I'm doing this, I might as well do it right. I'm not doing it right. I'm doing it halfway. So I kind of like vowed to, for six months to go all in. And during that six months, it was like, it, it, I, it was like I made more money in six months than I had in probably a year. And so that was my sign. All right, don't give up yet. Right. I still did. My city can, I had this whole other side operation hustle. That's a whole other story. But so when I did that uh, and then, you know, so that was all of 2019. I was like, okay, like I'm, you know, working with brand, I'm working with Lululemon, I'm working with Netflix, I'm working with Amazon, I'm working with all these startups. And it was like bizarre, but I wasn't happy. (laughs) I was like, I am not, what is wrong with me? You know, I was just like not that happy because at the end of the day, I was working with these big brands, but I wasn't moving the needle for anything. I mean, I'm not moving the needle for Amazon. I'm not moving the needle for you know some. i just not. And I remember being like, you know, like you're you're working so much, and I I couldn't even take. I couldn't do it. I was like a total beholden to my clients in a really bad way, and I made some bad choices. I had a couple of bad clients that I that nearly just like sunk me, you know. And it was just something wasn't working. And I remember I at the end of 2019, right before the pandemic, this is so weird. I remember being like, I have got to figure out a way where I am not eating what I kill all the time. Because when you're in service-based industry, you're always searching for the next kill. You're always looking for the next client, the next contract. And I had to pay out my team, my shooters, my editors, because at that point I had stopped shooting and editing, thank God. So I was but it, your margins are always your, your margins are just always not that great, and I in order to make the money that I wanted to make and do the things I just had to bring in so much business it was overwhelming, and so I followed this woman on Instagram and I remember I had no idea who she was I didn't even know what she did but I loved her content and I remember like one day she, I had like messaged her or I, she, I didn't even know she followed me. She's huge. And she wrote something in my messages. Like on one of my stories about being in New York. She's like, oh my God, I love New York so much. i was like, oh my God, I'm obsessed with her. So I did what any like crazy person does. I video messaged her. I was like, I love you so much. I don't even know what you do, but like you have the best content. Like, I feel like I look at your content and I'm like, oh, you speak to my soul. Well, turns out she ran um, a, for service-based female entrepreneurs, she taught female service-based how to digitize their knowledge. And you have to understand, I know this is a whole world, you know, you're Annie Porterfield your whatever, your Maria's, like all those people that, you know, whatever, good or bad, whatever. Like I did not know that world. I had no idea that that was a world. I didn't know that you could make money on Instagram. I didn't know that there were like people doing courses. Like, I was like, what are you talking about? I'm not a teacher. Like, It was a, so this woman I joined, it was the most money I've ever spent in my entire life. I I gave her my credit card. It was like very high five figures. I'm like, what am I doing? But I just felt so like compelled. I'm like, I need this woman in my life. And I did a 90 day mastermind with her at the top, at the top of 2019, it ended March 1st. And by the end of that March 1st, I had all the knowledge and the know-how Make a boot camp, like a four week online boot camp. And I remember I launched it, I sold it, and I sold like all these seats. So when the pandemic hit, I knew now, like, oh my God, like I know how to make courses and I know how to make group coaching programs. So for the past like since then, I've just been in this mode where I've like discovered this whole side of like, oh my God, I really. Yeah, it's, it's very bizarre. And actually it's funny because I'm not a teacher by nature. And I remember one of my masterminds I, I, I was running, I had a woman who took it and she used to teach NYU professors how to teach better. And I remember in one of our one-on-one, she was like, can I tell you something? I was like, yeah. She goes, look, she goes, your mastermind was great, but you, you you need to be like, you need some help. I was like, oh my God, like, okay. She was like, can I help you? I'm like, Yes. So she worked with me for a month and she revamped, she went through every single weekly lesson plan is like, this is, you're too much. I, I'm realizing it made me realize like being a teacher, isn't just having knowledge and just spewing your knowledge. The whole beauty of it is like, people need to apply, understand and feel empowered to take on the advice and the knowledge that you give them and do it to themselves. And it was like, I didn't know I'm not a teacher. And so this woman who I'm still friends with, like, She completely like switched my mindset on like how to teach. And so she changed my digital because once I implemented what she did, I had women now like complete, like doing things. Stay tuned for a quick message
0: from my sponsor. Hi, my name is Shari Hodes, and I'm the president of Aura Limited, a proud all-women-owned brand marketing and global sourcing agency. Simply put, we provide fashion-forward swag for any and all of your branding needs. Please visit us at www.auralimitedspelledout.com. So I want you to shout out where people can find you. So that they can look you up and, and
1: yeah. So, the, I, so, my website and Instagram. So, my website is patricepolzercreative.com. And then, um, my web, my Instagram is patricepolzer. And yeah, I have courses, classes. I also have a done for you video team. So, if you're like, I don't want to do any of that, I don't want to know how to do it, I just want someone to do my video for me. You know, we do that. And also, founder story that's like my jam is really helping business owners tap into what their founder story is and then and putting that on video so
0: which is amazing no I mean but the thing is your story needed to be told in that fashion because you just you just laid out for all the listeners how all those different signs that you were getting all those different years it you needed to kind of be where you were and that's what I always want my listeners to listen to sometimes you might not be in the right spot but you're not in the wrong spot because you're getting a skill set and tools to then take you to where you're meant to go.
1: Yeah. And I think for your listeners too, I mean, the biggest thing too, is, you know, I I think social media makes everyone feel like they are behind in some way and you know, you you never get the full picture anyway, but honestly, like that's what I'm realizing. Like I'm not behind. Yeah. Like, sure. Am I where I want to be at goal wise? No. But if I look back and reflect, like, you know, two years ago, I didn't know what a digital course was, you know? So I think it's taking, um, it's doing things that really do like make you want to die. Like, I feel like every time I do something really new, I like, want to die. Like, I feel like I'm going to throw up. Like, I just, I don't want to do it, but I, I now know that that is the sign that I must do that. And those are the, the needle movers. Those are the ones that I think can move you quicker. It's, it's, it's just getting yourself out of the, 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 what you do all the time, because that really is how you change. You have to really do something different than what you're doing. Otherwise you're just going to be on the same path all the time, you know?
0: Yes. No, I love that. Well, I just want to say thank you so much for joining us here at your next stop. This was awesome because I know a lot of people took some really great nuggets and you guys know what to do. If you like what you hear, please share, rate and review and go follow Patrice. Look what up, what she's doing. Cause you never know when you need a little help, or if you know someone that is actually in a situation where they need to level up their business, you guys can find Patrice and you can do just that. So stay tuned for next week, where we're going to be talking to another entrepreneur who has followed a passion. Thank you so much, Patrice. I hope you liked this episode of Your Next Stop. Please subscribe to my channel, share with your friends, and join in each week.